Welcome to The Pod Has Been Cast, Book One, Into the Void. Welcome back, everyone. Goodness. Class is back in session. Man, we're finally back. We did it. I know. Back in the saddle. Busted open a new chapter. I'm excited. You smell that new chapter just, smell? Oh, my God. I was God. just going to say, it, it's, it's so, so fresh. nice. It's so nice to crack open a new chapter. Chapter oh, two, level Why does it five. smell like this? Is this a banana peel in this book? Hmm. Um, who is joining me for the next chapter of our banana book? My name is Robert Leahy. I use he, him pronouns, and I play Xandar Radnax. Who also uses he, him pronouns. Hey, y'all. My name is Bianca Phipps. I use they, them pronouns, and I am playing Hart, who also uses they, them pronouns. And my name is Carlos Olmedo. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm playing Rain Hall Winter, who uses she, her pronouns. And I'm Jules. I'll be your void master. <laughs> and I use they, them pronouns. All right. Um, should we just kick things off? Are we Yo, ready? Let's kick void things master, please. Out. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, then. Without further ado. The Void. Always. Immense and unknowable. Teeming with persistent life. Life that clings to tiny rocks they call worlds. Worlds so small, they are almost swallowed by that endless purple and black. Sometimes you can see that life, that fragile thing, jump from rock to rock, world to world, a defiant, beautiful act of arrogance. This is a story of what happens when life takes that leap. The Garden Never, for there never was a garden. But then why the dirt, in the beds of her nails? Why the flowers? Why the screaming? Chapter 2. Now, the Fey-run galaxy, Fey system, the heart of the galaxy, a floating tree the size of a planet, a tiny blue planet covered in storms, a glittering jewel of a planet wrapped in a belt of debris. They are all caught in the thrall of the sisters, companion stars feeding endlessly off each other's heat. A lone void ship streaks through, cutting white hot against the nothingness. Star Corsair emblazoned on its flank. It's heading a mass grave, suspended in gravity, where we have been cast. All right, so we're going to pick up right there. Um, Let me sort of set up kind of where you are all at in time. So you've been traveling for... I guess you've been traveling for a couple of weeks, not really burning any fuel through space, just sort of doing um, little pushes to get you to your destination. Uh, Cassiopeia has been trying to conserve as much fuel as she can until she can get to Fay Crossing to refuel. But there's one stop to make before you can all get to Fay Crossing. So we see a priest, face lit by an electric candle looking meditative out of a port side window into the void while reciting the horoscope in ancient Zodan, a language of melodies and air behind him in the shadows, a boy with greasy black hair and sunken eyes watches with a scowl. We see the captain cutting an intimidating figure in full suit of void armor, walking the length of the flight deck, dictating instructions to a person with skin of polished gray stone and eyes of glowing crystal that dutifully dart between the datapad in their hands and the captain. Below, on the crew deck, we see a door dripping with fresh paint, spray paint, red letters that spell murderer. The illuminated finger of a holographic man traces the curves of that word, a curious expression on his translucent face. Behind that door, we hear the click and clack of typing and the whir of machinery. Further below, 
From there is the cargo bay, where we hear the whoosh of a pneumatic air through a nozzle as the finishing touches are applied to an extravagant paint job. A void forge stands back from their work and nods, as just above them in the gallery, an orcish boy with red paint on his sleeve grins wide, small pointed tusks protruding and applauds. Where are all of you? Let's start with Xandar. So tell me where you kind of are at the ship at this moment and what you've been doing the last couple of weeks as you've been traveling from Poseidia to Hestia's lab. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> top that. Well, First yeah. of all, hey, excellent we just question. had a beautiful monologue. Say something half as good. <laughs> well, I prepared my monologue, so if you don't want to listen to me speak, the void. game of monologues. <laughs> Immense and unknowable. No. Okay, I'll go fuck myself. No, 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 no. Uh, I wanted to no. be very clear that was the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. We were, yes. We, you couldn't see this at home, listeners, but we were all freaking out on Zoom. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Carlos was sipping from, I think, what might be the world's largest coffee cup. (laughs) So carefully throughout the whole moment. Let us see it. Let us see it. it I think it's the size of his head. It is huge. No, because it it, it would be the size of someone else's head, but I have a giant head. So it's the size. (laughs) It looks normal. It looks normal next to to my head. (laughs) Oh, she is is, a big girl. Yeah, my my nephew gave this mug to me. It says TT on the side, but it's faded because of the, the machine. The what do you call it? The washing machine and the it's dishwasher. There we go. We got there. It's, it's, it's a machine <laughs> and it washes. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> 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 your underwear. Anyway, yeah, I was trying to. I looked like so excited. I was sipping on this giant bowl of coffee <laughs> for story time. For story there time. Well, now it's your turn. All, All right. right. Yeah. Enough oh. stalling. Enough stalling. Yeah, enough stalling. Enough stalling. Enough stalling. Um, I think at the moment, um, to sort of uh, throw a quick callback to the uh, bonus level up episode, what's up level five? Um, Carlos had mentioned that he was thinking about learning rope trick for rain. And so I think that Xandar, who has been going through a bit of an alignment shift, uh, being a lot more on the good side uh, past, you know, sort of that neutral phase he had earlier in his life like sort of chaotic and now he's like full-on good wants to really spend some time with his friends uh the people who have like sort of been making him feel good and like act good uh and i think went to rain out of respect and is asking to help him sort of learn some magic and learn some spells and learn the spell rope trick from rain Okay, cool. So I think this probably happened earlier in your voyage, maybe a couple of days after Poseidia. You all have been working on this spell. Uh, where are you all practicing this? I would say in Rain's quarters, because Xandar spends mm. most of his time in the Clipper. I think that's where he's like sort of spent, made his quarters, in the inside of the Corsair anyway. Fabulous. Um, Rain, what do you like as a teacher? What am I like as a teacher? Yeah. So far, I've told kids that their work is shit, and I uh, introduced one of them to a dictator that has uh, massacred most of his uh, people. But uh, besides that, uh, for my good friend Xandar, I'm always willing to to help out. So So let's play this. I'm going to put the two of you in Rain's cabin. You are both, I think, uh, it's probably pretty small so you'll both be like sitting cross-legged on the floor crisscross applesauce and you'll each have a length of rope in your hand um there we are i say xandar okay now close your eyes close your Mm -hmm. eyes with me okay Mm -hmm. now my first question for you is i've seen you do magic before where do you get your magic from is it from faith and then we both probably like laugh. All right, serious, 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 serious. I, right, I reach to punch Rain in the shoulder, like jokingly, but my eyes are closed, so I just miss. Kind <laughs> of no scrape my nose know. a little bit. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, okay, okay. All right, serious, serious, serious. <clears throat> do you do you um, reach into the astral plane? Do you? How does it work for you? Yeah, I think that that'd be the best way that I can describe sort of how I tap into it it's it's 
meditative, I suppose. It comes out of a, a sense of, of connection to the astral plane and the strange things that all go on there. Hmm. Okay. Now, I want you to imagine what you want to do with this rope. And it could be anything. You know, a lot of spells, all they really are is just drawing power from wherever you can and manipulating it to do whatever you want it to do, right? So imagine what you want to do with this rope. Do you want it to to uh, freeze someone? Do you want it to be a whip? Do you want it to uh, 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 slap someone in the brain? Hmm. I, I want it to provide a, a place of refuge when needed. I, I want it to be a rope that I can grasp onto and pull myself into safety, pull myself and my friends. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Okay, okay. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. And sorry, I get sorry. up. I'm sorry. I get up <laughs> and I say very gently, I say, may I take your rope? Yes. Okay. And I, I make a circle around us sitting on the floor with the rope and then I sit in this circle it almost looks like we're doing a little seance and I say okay now all you need to do is reach into the astral plane using the same force that you use for your invisible invisible githyanki psionic mage hand I think what we'll do for this like sort of teachable moment is Xandar, I want you to roll an arcana check with advantage, but I want you to add on top of whatever modifier you normally have for Ar- arcana, mm-hmm, which is zero. add Rain's proficiency bonus for arcana. Whoa. Oh, okay, cool. Which is uh, seven. So I think how this is going to work is like you are lending your expertise. Nice. Nice. All right. Xandar takes a deep breath. And it's a good thing I had advantage because I crit failed on one dice. (laughs) No. But on the other, it is 15 plus 7, 22. Excellent. Uh, Xandar, you go into that. I don't want to call it a sunken place because that's get out, but you <laughs> sort of go into that space of nothingness where you feel connected with the ethereal plane. And I think for a moment you have a vision of Limbo, the planet you're from. Yes. And above Limbo in the sky, you see the spatial anomaly known as the ethereal rift this scar that it just like is prominent in the sky over limbo that is the sort of entry point into the ethereal plane uh people have uh, scholars have puzzled over it uh people have worshipped it ships have gone missing inside of it um but it just sort of remains no one knows how it got there why it's there things drift out of it things drift into it it just is and you meditate on that and i think as you reach towards the light of the ethereal rift what does it look like when you cast rope trick i uh it's it's very fluid you know i i'm doing sort of the will rogers follies like uh lasso tricks where i like jump in and out of the lasso like very classic you know nice (laughs) fabulous um, it works. It works exactly. And I think both you and Rain find yourself in that extra dimensional pocket. Wow. I say, <laughs> and I, I, I jump around. I hug Xandar. My eyes are, Xandar's eyes are still closed. And he's like, doesn't it just, can't you just feel, doesn't it just feel strange? Time, right. hunger, energy, yeah. everything is just yeah. different. Xandar, yeah, come back to me. Come on. <laughs> Wait, open your eyes. Open your eyes. Right, give him a little slap on the neck. I open my eyes and we both fall out of the extra dimensional pocket <laughs> back onto the floor. Oh, oh. oh man. Like papers settling and wind going down. We look over and like hearts like flicking on and off the lights. It's <laughs> <laughs> been there the whole time, just very quiet. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, speak of the devil heart. 
Uh, where do we find you now in this moment on the ship? And uh, what have you been doing? I think in this moment, uh, Hart is uh, probably with um, Brush and and Birdie. I imagine that, mm. that a lot of their time has been spent uh, with Brush, trying to get them to fix up uh, my busted, rusted arm. I also oh, want sure. a sick paint job. Um, and so I think, so, so I imagine that like, I imagine that like Hart will come and like sit for a couple hours while brush paints and then like while it dries, like watches them work on the clipper. And so, um, just like getting, getting to spend a little time in the presence of another void forged, I think is, is kind of nice. Fabulous. Okay. Well, we established that brush has finished the paint job on the skipper. Xandar, what does that final paint job look like? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I think it is the three of us. <laughs> oh, but like, oh, no. Luna but like, love good style. <laughs> it's almost as if, okay, so this might be this might be a really specific pull, but does anybody remember at the beginning of the third Austin Powers movie when they're <laughs> watching an Austin Powers movie inside of the Austin Powers movie and like yeah, Tom Cruise yeah, is Austin Powers and they're like movie star <laughs> versions of themselves? That's, that's what we look like in this like image on the clipper. We're like movie oh, star, no. beautiful action versions of ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah, so so Hart, that's what you're looking at. Um, Brush takes a step back. You hear Birdie applauding from up in the gallery. Uh, Brush turns to you. Your turn. Affirmative. Thank you. Uh, and then I, I hold out my my huge arm. What would you like? I would like stars, if possible. This is possible. Um, Brush uh, begins painting your uh, shield. Uh, Brush is going to ask you, I had a feeling just now when I completed my work on the clipper, but I do not understand it. What did it feel like? I have painted many things before, it is my function, but that was the first thing that I created that I wanted to. I feel a sense of completion. Affirmative. That is good. It is nice sometimes to take pride in the things that we do. Do you recognize this feeling? Um, and I think Hart thinks about, like, their function and the things that they have done with that function that they've done that they wanted to. So, like, the image of, like, of, like, reviving rain after the, the fight in the water and, like, um, getting Donnie to, like, untape the things from his hands and, like, come with us. Uh, and, and, and they nod. Um, and, like, thinking about, like, like, the moment where we defeated patch and like it's just like like all these like moments of like teamwork where like fighting has been for something um and and heart nods uh and says um and says yes uh i have been lucky to experience such a thing i will strive to feel this more often thank you heart thank you um rain where do we find you and what have you been spending your time doing? I think we find Rain, we pick up actually right after the thing with Xandar. Um, sure. After they kind of like laugh and they they celebrate, Rain gets serious. She's been actually very serious the whole trip for the most part. Mm. There's been a couple of things that have been bothering her. And the first thing is what she wants to talk to Xandar about is that she says... Xandar, do you think that, do you think that what we're doing is right? You mean going to compete in the Heck Olympics? <laughs> oh, I know that's right, because we're going to win. That's a, that's a sure thing. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like the more we get involved with these people, with Hestia, with Orion, with Cassiopeia, with all these people, I find that, I don't know, I keep finding myself in a morally gray area and after seeing what happened to you with the song I realized that my 
hopes of getting back to Artemis may put you in danger and it makes me feel selfish Rain look there hasn't been one night I've gone to bed since it happened that I haven't thought about that dragon that we crossed paths with and I don't know if it's fear or awe of the sheer power of it but I know you were there and I know you felt something too I know a thing or two about chasing a score but well I I think we gotta see it through for, for the sake of whatever the hell that thing was all these characters that we've met all this stuff we've got caught up in I've just kinda seen it as part of unraveling whatever the hell that was and and I know you feel the same way I know you feel that that was something more than a, a, a space station or a hacker contest or you know just seeing that void dragon it just something made sense about it in a strange way yeah that makes sense I mean that's basically how I feel about magic basically what we we did here you know it you learning rope trick is bigger than the actual activity of learning rope trick. I felt like for a minute I got to see a glimpse of what your home was like. What it feels like to be home. In your home. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I I agree. You know, it is... We're becoming a part of something bigger than ourselves. Um, but I got a lot of talking to do for, with Birdie and... I gotta figure out what the fuck I'm doing with this Hestia stuff. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's all getting really murky. And you mention um, the birdie, and we're going to flash back real quick to that moment. Yeah, we are. In which um, Hestia and Birdie came face to face. And Rain, what did you say in that moment? I think literally it would just be something like, no, look, Birdie, I can explain. Just something like to try and stop him from freaking out or something like that. Uh, he is freaking out, but he does look to you when you say that you can explain. Look, Birdie, we're in a very, very precarious situation right here. And I know you're looking at Hesia right now and you're thinking this person is uh, a monster. This person is pure evil. But... I thought that too when I met her. I hated her. Sorry, Hestia, but I did. But I'm learning that there are a lot of people in the world who we think are villains, who think they're the heroes of their own story. And maybe Hestia's like that. Or maybe I'm a villain. I want you to roll persuasion, but I am going to give you disadvantage. That is uh, a four. <laughs> Um, he glares at you and he says, I've looked at that face in every history book that I've seen since I was a kid. That thing over there wiped out an entire planet of my people. I know what evil is. Maybe you don't. And uh, Birdie runs out of the room. Yeah. And we're back in your quarters with Xander. And I say, maybe I don't. Maybe what I said was true. Maybe I am turning into the villain, at least maybe in his story. Look, we got a lot of BS flying around us right now. Between corporations like Harper and & Sons and the church, different organizations that are spewing these messages, the, the political stuff with, with Hal, and, and I just... Don't start questioning yourself. Don't start questioning your heart and what you're going after. Keep it in front of you. Because if you start worrying about all this other stuff that's out of your grasp, outside of your area of concern, you're going to get led astray. Let's focus on doing this right now. Let's focus on getting into the Hack Olympics and, and winning and the experience that we'll have together. And hopefully we can get some more clarity on... Why Hestia did what they did, but I, right now, you, you can't solve everything. Yeah, you're right. 
you're right. Okay, all right. I gotta focus up. I'm gonna swing by, maybe see if Birdie's out and about, and at least uh, offer an apology and leave it at that, and then we can we can focus. Yeah, I, I wouldn't but, mind getting Hestia's side of the story at some point. Yeah, that that seems like a very important piece here. <laughs> Thanks, Sandar, and I punch him in the arm. <laughs> um, we were going to move on, but I think those are two very interesting conversations to have. Mm. So I think we'll play a little bit further. So, Xandar, you're going to go talk to Hestia? Uh, yeah, I can. Yeah, before I do, hmm. uh, I'll swing by the clipper and go through that, um, costume trunk that I keep. What is It was effectively my disguise kit. Um, <laughs> okay, well then let's play this. Let's play this. So you and Rain will both go down to the cargo bay and you see it. The clipper is finished, Landar. Oh. Hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> look at Rain. And we're just like throwing high fives and like Oh my gosh. I look like Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. There's like I the three of us posing like Charlie's Angels. Wow. <laughs> Void dragon flying over. I'm so tall. <laughs> this is awesome. You see a brush detailing um, Hart's shield sort of looks up. Your job has been completed. Is it satisfactory? Uh, looking at you, Xander. Oh, sorry. yeah. 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 Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. He, sorry. He, it seems like he got lost in this, the beauty of this. It's very breathtaking. I am glad, though your satisfaction for the first time was not the most important thing to me. Very I good. am satisfied. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Start start feeling that and, and, and explore that a bit. That's nice. <laughs> Um, brush turns back to your shield art. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can go back into the clipper to your costume trunk. Uh, Rain, you see Birdie up in the deck who sort of like, kind of like looks like um, Birdie is making a move to leave now that you've like, kind of entered this room. Um, that's kind of how things have gone for the past couple of days. Um, let's start with Xander and the costumes, because I'd love to know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, and really really quick, just to just to uh help use the DM, uh I I think I talking with Hestia with Xandar would help me I think like Rain would want to talk with Hestia to get her side it, so that fair. Rain knows what to apologize for and like how to go. That's completely fair. Yeah, Heart cool. Would, okay. would also like to be there only because they have no idea what anyone is talking about. Heart, we're having a Xandar and Rain episode. <laughs> which, is totally, which is totally fine. I just like, Heart this whole time is like, there is tension on the ship. And I yeah. do not know why there is tension on the ship. All I know is um, that Birdie does not like Hestia, which makes sense because Hestia is mean. Um, but like Hart doesn't have any knowledge of like the history behind that. So actually, okay. maybe they don't care. It's <laughs> <laughs> just lashing out, getting tattoos, a full going, <laughs> rebellious heart. Rebellious heart. Yeah, Hart's just like, Hart's doing two things. Hart's praying and Hart's getting tatted up. <laughs> um, well, this is not going to be as big a job as the clipper was, so uh, uh, Brush can probably finish up your shield pretty quickly, but uh, Brush can also put the project on hold if you want to sort of engage with... Um, the rest of your team. Um, well, I'll 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 ask as they like as they like enter the room. Um, I think Hart will will sort of like uh, sit up a, a little straighter and, and say, um, "Do you need me?" Of course, Hart. I was just teasing earlier. I w We're a team, so let's figure this out together. Affirmative. What are we figuring out? <laughs> Um, well, first, uh, we're going to go talk to, we're going to try to talk to Hestia a little bit and figure out exactly what's going on with her. Xander mm -hmm. yeah. is going to show us a little surprise. Hard, we can't, we got it. We knew we had to cross this bridge at some point, but we, we kind of have been harboring a potential war criminal for a while. So, uh, yeah, we, we kind of got to get to the bottom of that and, and see how we should be feeling and acting about that. Affirmative. Perhaps she will have information on how she ended up on the freighter. Yeah, I've been thinking about that too. And what her tie is to you, Hart, 
to be honest. Affirmative. She is, or she was, my prime objective. Hmm. So let's all go together. Affirmative. Okay. Affirmative. Let's fucking go. Yeah, Yeah, we do a team high five. Putting on a disguise of some sort. I just—it wasn't to put out. Well, kind of, I guess. It was. This was the surprise I was talking about because I don't think we've seen your 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 chest of dresses. It's yeah, it's a chest of uh, various um, well-to-do fancy clothing. Uh, it you know it's disguises and costumes and whatnot. From my charlatan background, I get a disguise kit and proficiency with a disguise kit. So nice. Uh, this is uh, this is my little trunk of, of fancy clothes, and so I, I would like to. Go to my trunk of fancy clothes and put on my best, uh, like, professor's outfit. <laughs> like, uh, you know, the jacket with, like, the elbow patches on it and, yeah, like, oh, I see you know, that kind of the full-on, okay. like, glasses yeah. and pipe and... Um, I think you can roll for either deception or performance, I suppose. Oh, I would love I- to roll for deception. Okay, cool. I like to imagine that Rain is expecting it to look really messy like the clipper but then when you mm. open it it's like the goodman theater's like costume department you know what i mean like, it's like very well he just like pushes a couple buttons and it spins on its own it's and then color coded <laughs> yeah i'm very proficient with this um kit i got a 19 plus 8 for deception is 27 f- oh my god bow, 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 bow. xander you know it's xander like there's no like uh, 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 trickery going on here, but like Xander just like is now carrying themselves like completely differently. Looks like they are about to do a symposium on like sociological uh, uh, effects of something and you know 101 kind of thing. <laughs> quack, yeah, it's quack. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looks like a quack. He looks like a real quack. A real quack. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I, I just wanted to start, you know, donning my pr- professor persona, getting ready for the hackathon. Okay, good. It's good to get started early, I guess. I guess that'll maintain until you take that off. <laughs> Dope. I, I'll, I love that for me. <laughs> yeah. Just, I suppose, remember that DC of 27 mm-hmm. in Great. case anyone wants to make out that you are wearing some sort of disguise. <laughs> Great. Otherwise, they will assume that this is just how you dress. Mm-hmm. Unless they know you, I suppose. Yeah. It is going to be um, difficult to get around the void as an outlaw with a mural of yourself on the side of the <laughs> show. <laughs> the most distinctive uh, clipper. To about. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say the group is going to make their way to Hestia's quarters. Um, you'll pass Cassiopeia and Shale on the way. Uh, Shale's become like a lot more involved with like Cassiopeia's day to day. Um, and seems like very interested in getting to know like kind of like how she runs the ship and things like that. Um, as you pass Cassiopeia sees you Xander and sort of sighs, do I want to know? We'll touch base with you after. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> let you know. We'll let you know afterwards. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we're doing um, a bit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I say as we're walking away. <laughs> uh, she uh, g- will grab your arm, Rain. Actually, as you're walking away, and kind of pull you in. Um, your kid, w- one of your wards. Mm-hmm. I did a little graffiti on my ship. No kidding. Could you handle that, or should I? Uh, good cop, bad cop. I'm always the bad cop. All right. Let me go first, and then maybe we might have to scare the shit out of him. I don't know, but let me try first. All right. I guess it'd be a continuous. Um, Shale gives you a wink, Xandar, approving of your costuming. Uh, I, I pull yeah. my glasses down to the tip of my nose and sort of, <laughs> and then put them. I might be hot for teacher. Put my dainty glasses back on. Drop my papers. <laughs> <laughs> Scramble to pick them all back up. I kick the papers. Clearly, like, immediately flustered. Some of the some of the papers have have S plus X and then like in little hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Just like yeah. Fabulous. Um, you are in front of Hestia's door. Murderer, murderer has clearly been spray painted um on it. Uh, how do you proceed? That is factual. Yeah. 
That's true. Well, I don't know. Mm. There's plenty of words you could use to mean what this is trying to say. I think it depends on intention. I'm not really sure. Yeah, one thing's for certain. This thing definitely looks very foreboding, so we probably should clean it up eventually. But I'm not too worried about that right now. (laughs) I I mean, let's be real. If to some creatures, the three of us are murderers, too. (laughs) I am built from guns. Yeah. Um, but I uh, I put my hand on Rain's shoulder, uh, and as Rain is my ward, so I assume that Donnie and Birdie are like my grand, my grand. Ward. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and I and I say, however, this is not Hestia's ship. Perhaps we should clean it off of the door because it does not belong to Cassiopeia. This word mm. that we know of, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of mysteries on this ship. Would I, uh, Jules, it's okay if you say no, because uh, things aren't always this easy, but would I be able to uh, uh, clean it off with a a simple uh, uh, mending or something? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fine. Um, You you take a couple of... uh, um, minutes, I suppose, to to do that. I think you get about halfway through. You're to the durr part of it when the door sort of whoosh, whizzes open, <laughs> and um, uh, Hestia is in there behind her desk, sort of like doesn't even look up. I've heard you all mumbling out there for the past five minutes. Are you coming in or not? Affirmative. And then um, I wheelie into the room. My apologies, ma'am. And then I confidently walk into the room. <laughs> and I go, yeah, 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 okay. And I close the door behind me. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Hestia looks up and sees you, Xandar, and sort of makes this sort of noise. <laughs> Are you okay? A gift professor. That's funny. I'm laughing. Well, it is a ruse after all. Indeed. As you know, we are almost to our destination. I assume you've come here for a briefing. Yeah, I I believe a briefing is in order, and perhaps a debriefing on your Mm. previous endeavors. My previous endeavors? Affirmative. We would like to know about the moon. I see. And a simple internet search would not suffice. Why search the internet? You are right here. Indeed. I unfortunately am. What can I clarify for you? Why'd you do it? I was following orders. Whose orders? The Elven High Command. Uh, One of you can roll insight check on that. Which one of us is the best with people? (laughs) Eight. (laughs) Uh, The Elven High Command. Hmm. Xandar's torn because the Elven High Command has done a lot of good for his people. Indeed they have. Um, And what you all sort of know from just sort of general background knowledge of how, like like history in in the uh, universe, is the uh, orcs declared war on the elves. Um, The orcs sort of were in cahoots with the uh, dragon folk of Dracona. And uh, with their assistance, we're able to hijack the uh, gobbler that a massive uh, <laughs> asteroid-eating spaceship, <laughs> a void ship, <laughs> that Sick. the um, dwarves had. And they had turned the gobbler on Fake Crossing, and they were going to destroy it. Um, and history sort of says that in retaliation and to de-escalate the um orc draconic attack that is why the moon Renegaia was destroyed the orc homeworld seems kind of harsh when the uh when the orcs declared war on the elves did the gith pledge allegiance to the elves um roll history okay i'll give you advantage these are your people my people I got an 18. Uh, the Gith have, since their liberation, sort of taken a neutral stance on most things mm-hmm. in the galaxy. Um, they do owe the elves a great deal, but the uh, Gith, as you know, have been embroiled a lot with their own 
sort of uh, planetary conflicts and also the, the general hostility of their system. There are a number of planets in your system that um, house kind of hostile life forms that you also um, have your hands full dealing with. And you just sort of have a general disinterest in politics of other systems. Mm -hmm. um, that's usually the gith point of view towards things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hestia, I understand that war is very complicated and that things aren't always quite what they seem. But you're, I hate them fucking saying this, but you are one of the most advanced minds to ever grace the void. Yes. Surely there could have been another, you could have thought of another way. Oh, thank goodness you've come, Rain. All this time I had not considered that there may have been another option. If I had only had you there by my side in that moment, Renegaya may have been spared. I know you're trying to mock me right now, but... Indeed. <laughs> I, I'm, like, keeping eye contact with her. Uh, yeah, give me another insight check. Okay. She's getting very defensive. This is her <laughs> defense mechanism. Uh, that's a 17. Um, this line of questioning is making her very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, she is normally combative, but it seems like she does not want to be talking about this to you. Which means I'm going to keep talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, Hart will raise their hand in the back. But Xandar will emphatically call on Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, uh, uh, Hart, Hart will, will nod and acknowledge that they have been heartily called upon um, and will turn to Hestia and say, Do you know who placed you on the freighter? I was found guilty of a war crime after the fact, and I was to be sentenced to Dungeon 2. So was the freighter on the way to Dungeon 2? Well, as you may have recalled, I was in a cryogenic sleep at the time, but my understanding was the freighter was to transport me there. And then something happened, and you never made it. It would seem. Lucky for me, as Dungeon 2 no longer exists. What happened to it? Um, she sort of brings up a couple of news articles that like sort of boom, boom, like pop up in the uh, sky in front of you. Um, that sort of uh, uh, what you gather is uh, Dungeon One was this um, planet sized prison or more like a more like a, a planetoid sized uh, prison that was created to house prisoners from all over the galaxy. Um, and it uh, quickly reached capacity. Uh, so they were planning on building another larger structure to sort of orbit that one to um, move prisoners onto and continue intake. Uh, there was some sort of incident on uh, that uh, station as it was being constructed, and it uh, blew up. Hmm. Well, who and who oversees this facility? Is this like an elven prison, or what is this like? It's some um, overseen by the Galactic Council. So what you know is most of the uh, main. Factions in the galaxy have a seat on the Galactic Council, so the elves um, have a seat, the dwarves have a seat, um, as well as the uh, gnomes and um, halflings. Uh, and the orcs have an honorary seat that is currently not filled, and the uh, humans have a seat. Mm. Um, there's also multiple offers for a gith seat um, but every time the uh, conversation comes up there is a conflict on your planet about whether a gith sarai or a gith yonki should occupy that seat oh and a quick question you said this is the council right the galactic council Exactly. Yeah. So part of the council fleet, which is a sort of fleet of ships donated by each respective, um, you know, like, like their their nations will donate a certain number of ships to contribute to the galactic fleet. That is who is responsible for uh, Dungeon 1 and uh, now Dungeon 3, which is the newly constructed complex. If you were following orders, why were you convicted of a war crime? Were you the only one? Politics. 
Yeah, Hestia, you don't really strike me as the nationalist type. Everything I've done, I've done for the advancement of elvenkind, of life all over the galaxy. How dare you presume to know me? That is why we are here. Xandar takes a deep draw of his pipe <laughs> and exhales <laughs> and says, <laughs> Now, tell me, if it was you that had to have a conversation with that young orc out there, what would you... What orc? Pardon? Oh, the child. Right. Oh, of course. Damn it, you threw off my rhythm. I was just going to... And what would you I say forgot. to the kid, damn it? <laughs> Why would I speak to the child? This is a hypothetical. Hypothetically. If you were to have to explain what you did to an orc child. I presume I wouldn't have to explain what I did to an orc child. Oh my god, you know how hypotheticals work. This ain't a game. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say was, had his people not had a history of aggression. Perhaps measures would not have had to be taken. But lives were on the line, and someone had to act. Um, all of you roll an inside check. I would love to. 16. 15. Okay. I'm going to have her roll against you all. You swear you heard her say... Someone had to act, um, but it's, it seemed like she was about to say we had to act and corrected herself to someone. And she seems kind of frustrated and like turns her attention back to her computer. Well, Hestia, it seems like you might be done talking with us, but I want to make something really clear. You need us and we need you. You're not going to get to your lab without us. Either we're going to get to the bottom of it, or you're going to share with us eventually. Is there anything else I can provide you with? Yeah, I think you might be feeling the same way as us, but maybe after we get you back to your lab, or whatever's left of it, it'd be best if we went our separate ways. Oh, you do not have to worry about that. And I exit the room in a huff. <laughs> um, Hart uh, turns to go and then like pauses and then turn, turns back around uh, and says, um, I'm sorry you were betrayed. That cannot be easy. <laughs> oh, shit. shit. Um, uh, roll, I guess roll persuasion with advantage. Oh. Oh. Oh, I'm so glad I got advantage on that one because that would have been bad. Um, that'll be an 18. You see that, like you say that and there is uh, kind of like a glass sitting on her desk that just looked like it probably had like some coffee or something in it, like a mug, I should say. And um, it just like psh, shatters. Get out. Affirmative. Uh, and then I, I will go. Um, you all exit and you see Orion Starcross is sort of waiting for you in the hall and sort of like gives you all like a, a big old toothy grin and nods. How'd it go in there, Voidfarers? About as well as you heard it go. I walk right through him. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Careful, watch your step there. No time for your shit, Orion. <laughs> and here I just thought we were all fixing to be friends. I'm like down the hall. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Listen, uh, the captain said we're just about to get to our destination. So maybe I should head up to the flight deck unless you want to keep throwing your tantrum. I got important shit to take care of, Orion. I'll be there in a minute. Well, not if I get there first. And now he uh, blinks away. Shit. All right, well, then I kind of start jogging. like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, that's not even where you were going. No, wait. <laughs> uh, Rain, where were you headed? I want to talk to Birdie really quick. I promise it won't be an hour-long conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Hart and Xander, are you heading up to the flight deck? Um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll ask I'll ask Rain um, if she wants assistance with this conversation or if she wants to be alone. 
I always love having you guys around, but I think it's important for me to do this alone. Affirmative. Uh, and then I put my hand on Rain's shoulder, uh, and I say, you are very kind. I hug, I hug Hart. Heart, Heart is like, it's like, hug. Um, and then just like slowly like wraps their arms and, and pats Rain very gently on the back of the head. Uh, and then, and then let's go. Um, and, and then, yeah, I'll go to the, I'll go to the flight deck. I like wipe my eye. I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay, All right, cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. I'm fine. I'm cool. We're cool. It sounds like two people learned hold person today. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> what have That's you done it. to my podcast? The end. Shit. Um, Rain, okay. You are going to find um, Birdie and Donnie are sort of um, still in the gallery section of the cargo bay. Uh, Donnie mm. has joined Birdie. And uh, the two of them you've noticed have been like sort of hanging out a lot. It seems like they're uh, maybe getting along out of circumstance. They just happen to be like around the same age and the only two people on the ship. So th- they don't talk a lot, it seems like, but they kind of just are around each other. Um, you see them are like, they're like fiddling with some tools and looks like they're taking something apart. Gotcha. I say, uh, I say, damn, you guys are, you guys are getting to work. You're doing really good on your homework. Uh, Donnie nods. Hey, Ryan. What's up, Dan? I dap him up. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. Hey, uh, Donnie, do you, do you mind if I, uh, I chat with Birdie really quick? Yeah, whatever. You keep working on this. We can sit at the table next to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Donna. I will leave you alone. Birdie, can I talk with you for a sec? Fine. Uh, Birdie gets up and uh, kind of like walks past you and uh, goes like to stand like in the other, like uh, kind of like over in the corner, like overlooking the uh, cargo bay. I say, hey, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot today and the whole day I've been thinking about what I wanted to say to apologize to you. And ultimately what I came up with is I just, I wanted to tell you that I talked with Hestia and it seems like she's very hurt too. And when she gets hurt, she lashes out and she wants to fight and she wants to use mean words. She probably wants to hurt people. And you know, you, you may never forgive me for putting you in this situation, and I know it sucks, but I just want you to know that I hope that instead of choosing to break things, you choose to mend things. Yeah, give me a persuasion check. Okay. Come on. 14. Okay, um, he sort of like sighs and looks up at you. I don't blame you, Rain. I'm pissed at you, but... I'm more pissed at her, and I'm not even pissed at her. It's She's a monster, and I'm not going to mend anything with her. But as long as she gets off at the next stop, then that's fine. But if it were up to me, I'd space her, and she'd do the same to you. I understand. And, you know, trust me, I'm the first person that wants her to get off the ship and and go somewhere else. But my main concern is the promise that I made to your your aunt. And that's to keep you safe. It's not to keep Hestia safe. If any orc ever finds out that you harbored the Moonbreaker, and he just sort of trails off. Yeah. No, I know. I know. But I don't want to take you away from your, your homework. I just... And you could take what I say and run with it or, or not take it at all, but I just wanted to say I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Birdie walks back to Donnie. Cool. I, uh, I pop a sucker out of my pocket. I take a sucker out of <laughs> my mouth and I put my hands in my pockets and I walk back casually to wherever we're meeting. Jules, do we get uh, the sense, are- do we get the sense that, uh, Birdie and Donnie are like becoming friends? Oh Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's so. sort of like, you know, if you've ever had to go to, like, to a family gathering and you're maybe, like, an only child and you had, like, a cousin that you just sort of, like, had to hang out with because you were both, you know, the only children there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who knows what time will bring? They have a lot of shared interests and they both have a lot of trauma. 
And what more do you need to form a bond? <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. Two parts drama, one part shared interest. One part shared interest. Um, you all get up to the flight deck. Um, you see um, Hestia is up there. Um, Orion is up there. Shale is up there. Cassiopeia is sitting in the captain's chair. Um, and you are approaching the debris field around the planet Olympia. Olympia is this massive, lush garden planet. Um, big blue oceans, large, like, green rolling landscapes. Um, is sort of like the ideal, uh, idyllic version of a... Uh, planet that you would see. Um, but you're not going to Olympia. You're going to the remains of the moon around Olympia. Um, and as you approach, Cassiopeia says, all right, from here on out, I guess this is y'all mission. So you tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. And Hestia is going to step forward and um, produce a a device. It kind of looks like a long like wand um, with a... Um, section at the end that kind of looks like a spark plug and like hands it to you rain what is this for that is a bypass shunt it is critical to the mission and now she steps forward and um she sort of like sits in the uh, co-pilot chair and you see she like inserts something into the co-pilot chair and um you see like a bunch of like lights start blinking around the ship and cassie is like what the hell is going on she's like don't worry captain if i wanted to steal your ship i would have by now but i'm the only one that can find my base oh that's what i thought anyway and you see um, the uh, uh, sort of sighting on the ship sort of magnifies, and you get your first look at Moon Scab Base, this lab built into the side of a floating meteorite, a piece of Renegaia that Hestia has built her hideaway in. And that is where we leave you for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My heart. I'm she better so not adjust excited. that seat at all. <laughs> oh, um, she definitely pulls it very far forward and like pulls the seat very oh, far damn it, forward. Damn it! Take me forever to set that thing back. <laughs> it's not the same. Not the same. <laughs> well, listen. We'll always keep a spot saved for you here on the pod. Has been cast, mm-hmm. Bianca. I burped through that whole thing. I'm going to take like a fresh take of it. Yeah. <laughs> leave. You know I never, leave. You know I leave never cut this it. shit out. Leave I never it. cut this Definitely shit out. I always, it. That every time like, someone says, cut it out, I'm like, keep it Absolutely in. Absolutely not. Turn it up. 30% gas. Um... Where can people find us? Fuck. <laughs> people cannot find us. Fuck. But if you want to find us on social media, you can. Oh no! Oh no! I'm falling apart. Uh, leave I that in here. Uh, you can find us on social media. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Reddit at the Pod Has Been Cast, and you can tweet us on Twitter at the PHB Cast. Um, and Carlos, who are those lovely people that we would never edit out of the podcast of our hearts? We never, ever, ever would edit out uh, the uh, Tell Me Where I Lose You cast that joined <laughs> us for our crossover episode. Uh, they were awesome. They were so much fun to, to play with. And and I hope you all uh, go to their, their social medias and check out their podcast because it is just as silly as ours. And, and they're all really great people. So share the love. There's only one place in the galaxy where I never get in trouble for burping mid-sentence, and that's Robert's Corner. I made a massive blunder. Oh, God. So <laughs> listen to my tale of woe and learn from my mistakes. <laughs> I feel like that should be a song. Listen to my song. Is that a Fall Out Boy title? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's, sorry, it's Robert's dead Corner. Serious. Robert's this is dead serious, you guys. Okay. 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 At the grocery store goldfish was buy one get one free bags of goldfish was buy one get one free Mm. and of course at the grocery store they have all the flavors of goldfish but none of the flavors of goldfish are as good as just regular goldfish so i bought Mm, two bags of original goldfish absolutely now original goldfish is not the cheese one (gasps) 
original right. goldfish oh is like plain, like crackers. basically ba- two bags of oyster crackers. That's what I bought. Basically, <laughs> I bought two bags of oyster crackers. <laughs> two bags of oyster crackers well, in the shape of some fish. I believe they have like a light cheese fla- flavoring, but they're not like the the cheesed up ones. Well, I guess so. So what I would think, and and clearly what we all would think, the original <laughs> flavor of goldfish is is actually cheddar. Right. Yeah. So when you yeah. buy a bag of goldfish. Do not buy the original goldfish thinking that you're getting what you think is the original goldfish. That's all I'm saying. What are you going to do? I'm going to house two bags of oyster crackers like a fucking idiot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to start eating some soup, boy. You got to start eating some soup. Yeah, you can put your little fishies in some soup. Of course. <laughs> Just don't make the same mistake I did, listener. Oh, what a sad note to end on an otherwise uplifting episode about war crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the morality of war crimes. We'll see you next time, and uh, good luck out there. Bye. (laughs)